The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend listening after you've already seen the movie in question, but we're not your boss. Do what you like. Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. Because we figured, you know, why not? Hope you enjoy the show. instead of just cutting it. So listen, my recommendation for people listening at home is The Mandalorian. It's fun. I regret they showed his head, even though it's Pedro Pascal and it's a handsome head. But I liked being able to picture it was me under there. A manatee. It's, it's pretty good. I also like that it gave us a fairly self-contained season where when they inevitably ruined the show after this, 
Sometimes it's fine to me. 
you. <laughs> so, Ben. Hmm. You made me watch a movie. I shouldn't say you made me watch. You, you said your words were, I haven't watched that I've been meaning to. Yes. Yes, which is not which is exactly what I was going to say not not wanting to necessarily this has been this Top Gun has been on my to watch list for a while now just because it's like a classic of its era and I love that era and I don't want well I don't want to say I hated it cause I didn't hate it and because you don't hate America which no I don't is what but I but, what that okay, means. let me put it this way. I, my expectation uh, of how I feel about the movie was entirely correct, which is that it's fine. Uh, and the biggest thing I didn't like about it, I knew going in, which was Tom Oh, I, I didn't like that it's a very bad movie. Was my main problem with it. <laughs> but... <laughs> um... But it, but it feel... I don't know. Like... It reminds me of, like, some other cheesy concept movies of the era. Uh... A little more grounded than, like... Uh, war games, but um, well, here, like, hold on, let's let's do this thing. Welcome back to Matinee Manatees, the internet's only podcast that talks about movies um, with two got two male co-hosts even. So it's got that going for it. I talked about movies. Uh, uh, they've got strong opinions on it, and they like to hear themselves talk, and you won't find that literally anywhere else. So welcome back. It's good to have a voice. We're, uh, we have a very solid niche. No one else is a manatee. We've got that. <laughs> Although, as soon as someone else is, they're going to do it better than us. But other than that, <laughs> um, first things first, shout out to, uh, 
Guinevere Fellenbaum, our newest patron. Thank you so much. Um, you are appreciated. And I put a new poll up for our patrons. Um, I think it's the $2 level gets you uh, a permission to vote on the poll, but I'm thinking I might just drop it to the $1 level and let everyone do it because I want to get more, more votes and like, like most people are donating either $1 or like 16 anyway, so it seems, it seems like it's a strange distinction to make, but we're going to be doing I've been plugging this poll for like two episodes in a row, I keep forgetting to do it, but I, I decided to divide up weird space fantasy movies and weird 80s sword and sorcery movies because otherwise the poll's gonna have like 16 choices. That has nothing to do with, uh, Guinevere, but again, thank you, Guinevere Fellenbaum. Okay, so, also, please vote for Sword and Sorcerer. No, don't. Please vote for Conan the Barbarian, because I like that movie, I already have it. Or please vote for Willow, because it has Val Kilmer, who at this point has been in, or, or will have been in four of our uh, movies. It's becoming the mascot of our podcast. Or the other one. What's the other one? I forget already. Dragon Slayer. Which is actually kind of creepy. It gave me nightmares when I was a kid. But I haven't seen it since I, then. I know I've seen that as a kid. And I have vague memories of it. But every time I've tried to rewatch it, I stop within five minutes. I think the giant rubber dragon actually gave me, like, not the giant rubber dragon, but it's, it's kids, it's young, that, like, were gonna eat a princess or something, gave me nightmares as a kid, and I haven't seen it since, but I want to, to confront those demons of mine. because, you know, he's wrong, but other than that, I mean, <laughs> you might be right, because I haven't seen it, I, inclu I included nothing on that that I wasn't willing to watch, like, I'm excited about all of them, so it's actually fine, but... Don't let him bully you. Go with your heart. It's a pull. 
No, no, let me bully you. Please, just let me bully you. Excuse me, sir. You are being bullied. Do you mind? Uh, but for this, this, this week, this month, this possibly two months, because I'm not sure that we're going to be able to finish editing this by the end of January, because I've got briefs due and stuff. We watched the 1986 version of Top Gun, which apparently making a sequel to God Knows Why. Directed by Tony Scott. Just remember Top Gun? I do. Oh, I do remember Top Gun. <laughs> Directed by Tony Scott of Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days of Thunder, also starring Tom Cruise, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Man on Fire. And various military type ones. Man on Fire is my favorite of those. I like that one because I like Denzel. Starring Tom Cruise, then of Legend. He's in Mission Impossible. It's in The Last Samurai. He's Jack Reacher now for some reason. Uh, it's, it's He's very popular. as a character who uh, wears jeans to play volleyball and tidy whities to grieve with his father figure. <laughs> um, that's how he do. Val Kilmer, Matinee Matty alum, famous for being, you know, the saint and stuff, but also, uh, notably, Batman and Batman Forever and, uh, Doc Holliday and Tombstone. Yeah. So this is his third appearance on this podcast. I still love him. As the actual good guy who's cast as the bad guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> that, like, the whole time, as soon as he was just like, fucking follow that guy. Get that, uh, that famous Hannibal Burris gif, just like, why are you booing me out right? <laughs> that's him this entire movie to me. Uh, Kelly McGillis, who has a career, but I haven't seen anything else that she's in. She was in Witness and Made in Heaven, which were both pretty popular in the 80s, but I haven't seen them. So I had to look that one up. Anthony Edwards, 
who was in ER as the other only character I liked was Goose. Tom Skerritt as Dumbledore. The one that... <laughs> knew his father and has was advice for him. <laughs> he was in he was an alien and he was a main character on Cheers or recurring character at least in motherfucking Michael Ironsides who's in Starship Troopers. He was in an episode of Community. He was in X-Men First Class. Um, he was the voice of Darkseid. He was in Terminator Salvation. He was in Sequest, which I've seen. He was in Major Pain. Sequest. Sequest. A TV show? Yeah, starring, uh, I forget his name, but Guy from Jaws and Michael Ironsides. And it was like a Star Trek underwater thing. It wasn't good, but I loved it as a kid. Yeah, no, I remember loving that show, actually. No, is it not? Oh no, it's very bad, but I like this kid. Did you mention Tom Skerritt is also, took me a while to recognize him, the guy from Alien? I did, but it bears repeating. <laughs> so this. He was also in Cheers. Okay, so this movie has a 55% tomato meter among critics, which frankly seems high, an 83% audience appreciation score, which I've heard, I don't get it, but <laughs> I've heard as a 6.9 on IMDb and on Amazon.com it has 4.5 stars I think on Amazon pretty much everything does yeah that's the that's the recurring joke of the entire podcast <laughs> this is my first time it's not! <laughs> um, in two, 2015, this movie was added to Library of Congress National Film Registry for Cultural Preservation because they were so proud of their own propaganda that 
they decided that it needed to be preserved for the future. Tony, what did you think of this movie? Sounds like you disliked it a lot more than I did. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Sort of like I enjoy trying any food I haven't tried before, even if I throw up the next day. A little bit of a strong metaphor. <laughs> uh, I mean, my feel like I mean I was, I guess, entertained enough while drinking coffee and you know eating breakfast. Like I didn't. I didn't hate my life while I watched it, but I just can't get over how much I don't like Tom Cruise as an actor. Like, I, I, I have more respect for him these days because of levels of nice guy so there's that yeah uh, so like his, his more modern stuff I'm more open to I haven't seen that much of it It's like watching two lobsters fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Yeah, no, I mean, that's really it. You know, it's funny because the... the, I haven't seen that many Tom Cruise movies. Uh, Mostly because usually when I see them, I am kind of immediately put off 
I, I have not. I've seen like the first half of Last Samurai, and I thought it was pretty good. I just didn't get a chance to finish it. I, I think uh, it's the best of the uh, the Avatar man called horse. Uh, white people feel bad about colonialism, genre at least. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've heard about it. Pocahontas, uh, uh, Fern Gully, uh, um, but oddly, like, the only movie that I've seen him in where I'm, like, not distracted by his presence, but actually feel like he's an organic part of the story, was, of all things, uh, War of the Worlds, which wasn't a great movie, but it was, it was fine, and I believed him as that character in that movie. So offended right now. You're offended. <laughs> Why? Because you like him under the rules, or because you hated that movie? Uh, probably both. I I do like him last summer. Okay, and I like him in um. Was he Vanilla Sky? October Sky. Oh, oh that's right. Which, yeah. which one of those? He was really good in that. I forget which one. I know I saw... I think it's Vanilla Sky. Because October Sky is the one with Tobey Maguire. Okay. Well, he was good in that one, even though I forgot what it was. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't even judge that. I remember seeing it when I was a teenager and be like, alright, maybe it might be really good, I have no idea. Also, in Legend, before he got his teeth fixed, uh, which I mostly like because Tim Curry's in it. He's strange and fun and elfy. Which might be more, more suiting for him. Like, most of the roles that I know him from, whether or not I've seen, it's Cocky, cool guy that everybody likes, and but he just seems kind of petulant when somebody doesn't like him. Well, and are you describing him in general or him in this movie? Because he's a huge, obnoxious Mary Sue in this movie. Well, but in this, I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about him in this movie, 
but it feels... It feels like... Uh, it feels like how I've seen him in most of the movies. Actually, you know what? I do like him in Jerry Maguire. I forgot about that movie. That movie's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember ever thinking like... No, he, he's actually good in that movie. Um, but some of his older stuff, I just, I'm not, not a big fan of. That's fair. So, so listen, this movie, it's nakedly that U.S. Navy recruitment propaganda. They apparently, the time, I just had to read about this because I was, uh, like, one this movie came out. But they apparently had Navy recruitment officers, like, in lobbies of movie theaters uh, after that. Um,. U.S. Navy aviation recruitment was up 500% in the year after this movie came out. Uh, none of whom probably got to be pilots because of how the Navy works. Uh, and they were filming in conjunction with the Navy and apparently once had to blow $20,000 on a specific aircraft maneuver because they wanted to get the sunset just right. Damn. <laughs> Those are most of the fun facts I have about this movie. So it starts, as all good movies do, with white text on a black crawl and it go, I forget exactly what it says, you know, it's Top Gun is blah blah blah, it's a school that blah 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 blah, which is completely unnecessary because in five minutes you're going to have the principal from Back to the Future go like, Damn it, Maverick, Top Gun is blah blah blah, it's a school for blah blah blah. Yes! I mean, I Same guy from Back to the Future. Yeah. So we get we get the we get the opening crawl, and then we get like like five minutes of stock takeoff footage. Um, and Kenny Loggins, and this will happen frequently. <laughs> Like, all told, this is some, like, 20% of the movie. Um, 
And it's it's good takeoff footage. Like it's well composed, but it's also like it's, it's all corny. It's, it's just so a montage of like, would you like to work in an airport, son? <laughs> there's a guy. There's a guy that does little leg kick dance. One successfully lands, and just with the rock, with the rock music playing, it just—it's it, a little dorky. So this movie's soundtrack, like the, none of the songs are bad. What's interesting about it is how frequently they're used. Oh yeah. There's, there's there's two songs. Yeah, there's uh, I forget the name of the other one. It's Kenny Loggins' Flight Danger, uh, Danger Zone, and then it's the Take Take My Breath Away. Take My Breath Away. Yeah, and they, they I don't know it's by. But they have both those songs. They must have spent a lot of money on it or something because like five times they come in each. I think I think it might have been the kind of thing where the film composer uh, wrote the music and then they got Loggins and then whoever the other person is to come in and do vocals to make singles out of the songs. I could be wrong on that, but like I noticed that some of the uh, melodies played a little bit just in the score. Oh, interesting. And so I, I, maybe, at least with uh, Danger Zone, and so it made me start to wonder if this was like, like, do you remember uh, when we were kids, the Three Musketeers that came out? Uh, also with Tim Curry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I just watched that recently and I totally had forgotten that the theme song they turned into like a rock ballad with uh, Rod Stewart and Brian Adams. I don't remember the other guy's name, but you know, they do that. Because it's awful. Batman yeah. Forever? Yeah. Yeah. 
song for a long time, but listen, this is about as long as the scene goes in the movie, because I checked um, a timestamp when they finally started telling us things, it is minute four that we learn we've been in the Indian Ocean. Seriously, like a sizable percentage of the movie is just stock footage and takeoffs. Our guys go to fly because they want to go see who the other guys are. Because there's other guys that are out there in the Indian Ocean also. And we gotta go go see. And that's the mission. So they fly up there, and the other guys are red stars. And I don't know what that is. Is this a Cold War thing? Is this a North Korea thing? Yeah, I don't don't think they ever specifically say. I mean, they say they're MiGs, which they're specifically Russian airplanes, but they also sold them to everyone in the world like we did, so that doesn't mean anything, I don't think. They, everyone locks missiles on each other and then runs away, and that's 
going to your current theme in this movie where nothing actually happens and everyone freaks out about it. I actually like that element a lot though. Kind of until the end, because the end kind of, even though the end is pretty cool, it still kind of ruined what was interesting. Because like, so they start engaging and locking on and stuff, but they can't fire unless fired upon because they don't want to start a war. And so, neither can the other guys, so it's just like... Yeah, presumably. Save like it's, it's a It's a really interesting premise and sets some tension from the beginning of the scene. One of the guys has a panic attack as a result. I thought that was cool, but then they just kind of undo that at the end of the and just have a big, big battle anyway. Now everyone killed everyone. And, yeah, no, it's, so it's like, oh, so this didn't start a war. It's fine. I don't care that much about this movie. So then... The actual best pilot there gets a panic attack, which apparently in the original script, he was supposed to die, like landing wrong or something. Apparently he was supposed to die, like actual die, die. But because it's Navy recruit propaganda, they thought that made it seem too dangerous. See, I want him to have to break down and leave. I actually, I actually think that was a way smarter choice because then when you have the one death later on, I, I, I feel like it, that would have been a little bit not watered down, but I, I liked that. That character just had a panic attack, showed the pressure, and then when the death comes later on, it was pretty unexpected. True. No, I think it worked out okay. It was just a, uh, a kind of strange and sudden. Like, has this guy ever flown before? We don't know him. Is this the end of a long, illustrious career? Because you never actually seen another, like, fighter before. Is the... I am with you on that. Also, he walks into his captain's office and quits. Can you do that? Yeah, I wondered that too. But you're missing a pretty big thing already. Because we're, we're moving on. Yeah. Which okay. is Tom Cruise flies upside down over the enemy jet. And his friend 
takes a picture of him flipping them off. Yeah, it's true. That was pretty good. Which, I was like, alright, I guess that's a thing that you can do and did just there. That's pretty weird. I, this movie hangs a lot on not just like terminology, but knowing like because I know nothing going into this. Like See, I know what a, a fighter jet is. Neither do I, but I knew enough to know that was impossible because in the wider shots they have big ass fins on the back of their planes that would have been cutting into each other's planes at distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, even knowing nothing about planes, they already <laughs> insulted me <laughs> five. I'm like, yeah, you're dumb, right? It's like, yeah, but not that dumb. There's... <laughs> Well, no, but I mean, like, with the, uh, yes, uh, as far as that goes, but with the guy who has a panic attack, because I had a similar reaction, just like, oh, initially my reaction to, like, half of this movie is, what's happening? Yeah, a lot, a lot of this, the stuff where they're actually flying, I'm like trying to figure out what exactly, what they're doing or what they're trying to do, whether someone is being brave or stupid or selfish. Well, that's why they have so much radio chatter because. I think they didn't even know what the narrative of, like, the action scenes were going to be until after they had a bunch of stock footage and then had yeah. to, like, ADR what's going on. Because all the yes. shots are just a plane goes fast. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. So then he has to say into his microphone, like, oh shit, he's behind me and really cool. And then cut back to another plane also going fast. Like, whoa, that was an amazing hard deck upside down 320. (laughs) It's like not a... It's nothing. Yeah, no, that was... Yes, exactly. That's this whole movie. Like, they definitely didn't instruct the pilots to act these scenes out. Like, they just fly and then cut it together. Which, I mean, for the time when it's made, I'm like, I, I don't know what else you could have done to tell the story, so I'd give it a little bit of a pass as far as that goes. Sure, but, it's uh, just, I'm not convinced this is a, a, a uh, 
uh, a story that needed to be told. But, <laughs> fair enough. No, I, I mean... Roadhouse isn't a story that needed to be told. But I'm, I'm sure as hell glad. Sure as hell glad that they told it. It's just, uh, it's, but that's why it's so good. It is a beautiful disaster. Near, nearly as good as Sokka. So, okay, so, uh, Maverick gets famous, not for doing anything particular, not for the upside down impossible thing, but because this guy freaks out while our guys go home, and then Maverick decides to use up his fuel instead of going home because he wants Goose to die. So he goes back out there and burns up all his fuel, talking him down on the radio, which it's a radio. You can do that from literally anywhere. Again, it was one of those things, because the movie makes a point of talking about, like, you're my uh, uh, wingman. It's a man with wings. <laughs> and so, like, I, but I'm like, it, did, did it help to fly alongside this guy? Like, I, I have no idea. I'm not a pilot. I don't know anything about flying. So, cause like, Tom Cruise then flies beside him as the guy very wonkily uh, lands on the aircraft carrier. Yeah, well that was where he was supposed to die for he wasn't supposed to get shot down. He was supposed to be so freaked out he landed wrong and blew up, I think. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. I feel That's like, fair. I mean, even aside from the, the, the worry of how that would affect recruitment, like, I feel like that would have been like a totally off start to what the rest of the movie was doing. Fair Mental breakdowns aren't great, but I gotcha, I gotcha. But anyway, so it's okay, nothing happened. He quits. He's in the middle of the ocean, I quits in protest and drives home, or however the hell that works. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he's in jail forever. I don't think he can quit. But Sarge calls him, or calls Maverick in, to yell at him, calm the loose cannon. Uh, he says he has the mayor breathing down his ass. He demands Maverick's badge and gun. But then says... Because he's such a bad pilot, he's now the best pilot. Yes! Yes! I know! He has to go to school for best pilots only to be A plus number one pilot. (laughs) And uh, I I wrote down the line... uh, he would be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong, which sounds pretty alright to me as a career, honestly. Like, that would be fun. Every week, just flying new shipment across the Pacific rubber shit. I'm into it. Um, and that's almost the last we see of this guy, except the movie's very parabolic, so he'll be back. Uh, but now, we're in California, treated to another Kenny Loggins montage of pictures of beach and stuff, and more stock footage of planes taking off. And they're at an academy where they learn to fly and experiment sexually. And I'm into it. (laughs) So, Dumbledore explains to the class uh, that it's a dog fighting school specifically because our guys have been getting fewer and fewer kill D ratios or lower and lower KD ratios since World War II because they rely uh, too much on missiles and missiles are lazy and you shouldn't rely on missiles, you should rely on guns. Remember that shit for the climax of the movie. <laughs> the entire point of Top Gun School is that Marpods are too dependent on missiles locking onto each other. Okay. Just want that on the record. Because he doesn't say that shit. <laughs> I would like the audience to kind of remember that. Let it be entered into the court record. I actually totally forgot that. Yeah, that, but that's true, right? Like, that's the entire point of school is saying. Yeah. Like, oh, we ride with all this technology and can't get to kill with guns anymore. Who uses missiles? Missiles are for lazy bad pilots. You're a lazy bad pilot if he kills with missiles. So, 
Actually, I think because the point is like you're you're relying too much on auto targeting and stuff like that instead of like instinct and skill. So they're like they're they're, they're honing through skill throughout the movie, but. And they use skill at the end, but yeah, no, I, I, I see where you're going with this, yeah, that's, it's a minor point, but it's very funny to me. <laughs> um, he also says the best have the option to come back as instructors, which is important because that's what they're doing for the sequel, I think. It's also a subtle brag that he and Michael Ironsides must be really good. Didn't they all go to the bar? They're talking about Kate. No, sorry. First, two random guys in the background said they're very horny to each other. Um, <laughs> they all go to the bar. <laughs> I think that's Val Kilmer and his friend. They're just like, what, their washer plates like have a massive heart. He's like, don't tease me or something. It's just this weird, yeah. like, okay, we're doing this. That's fine. <laughs> they go to the bar and talk loudly to each other about getting laid. And then talk shit to Iceman, who's a better pilot than them. And bet on if they're gonna have sex. Yeah. And then suddenly it's a karaoke wait, wait. bar. So. Okay, okay, going back. Because I, I, I remember the scene the same way. However, because were they just betting whether or not Tom Cruise would get laid? Because Goose has a wife and kid? Yeah, played by like Meg Ryan, I think, right? Yeah, which was a real surprise. I didn't know she was in this. And then I. I don't really think Goose's character would try and would 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 cheat. I could be totally wrong, but like the way they present the character feels a little bit more a little bit more straight laced. Oh no, I think he was he was making a bet that Tom Cruise couldn't. He wasn't making a bet that he would first or anything. Got it. Okay. Okay. Near as I can tell. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. It's like, I can't, so you, you better. So we're going to bet whether you can. So then they suddenly turn into a karaoke bar, which I guess it was all along when no one else was doing it. To surround this woman and 
screaming at her so she'll have sex with Tom Cruise, which she then won't, so he follows her into the bathroom, which is like, already this guy should be in jail. These are not things you can just do to people. But he's not arrested or anything because she, for some reason, uh, doesn't want to do that perfectly reasonable thing. And this is like the meat cute. Because she's yeah, with another guy. Really, I already, I mean, I already didn't like his character, but I, at this point, immediately hated him. Was I hated this. He's a huge creep. I hated this idea of this big grand gesture to a stranger. And I actually like when she was like, yeah, I'm actually here meeting my friend. I was like, good, because that's what actually happened. Like, uh, it was just, it was, it was a lot. Uh, that whole moment he orchestrated, uh, which apparently is the thing they do regularly and works, I guess. Because he's a routine sexual predator, this is the thing we know about him. I don't know if. Pursuing them into the women's room is also a routine thing he does. But that's the biggest red flag. Yeah. But I guess she gets someone to, to safely come to her home because this weird guy's following her. <laughs> um. He's not arrested or anything. And then the next day, she's the teacher, and so he argues with her. <laughs> really quick. Cause like... Tom Cruise, especially young Tom Cruise, has like the worst And I think that's part of the reason why I don't like him. <laughs> and so it's like, right before he goes to the ladies' room, like, kind of looks around, and then he's just got this shit-eating grin. And he goes in there, and... is. Uh, he's just grinning the whole fucking scene and he's just like, I hate you, you are such a creep. Well, and he's not even like trying to pick her up to come home, he's like, hey, what if we fight on the sick? It's like, oh, right. very aggressive and very unsettling. 
And if he wasn't six inches shorter than her, it'd be very intimidating. <laughs> so then he's he he lies to his friend Goose, who he hates, and he's secretly trying to kill. Um <laughs> so Why did she also told Goose that like she she just decided to uh I guess placate this guy Fuller in the bathroom by telling his friend, yeah we fucked in the bathroom. Yeah. Which was fast, Tom Cruise. That was a fast thing to have your friend think you did. Okay, so then next day it turns out she's a teacher, so he starts arguing with her from the back row right away. Cause, cause he's mad at her that she wouldn't sleep with him the second she met him. Uh, before. Because he's our protagonist. She wants to hear what he saw with the Migs, and he's mad she didn't sex him, so he refused to tell her. Oh, yeah, the whole bullshit about how. And. It's funny because, like, I keep thinking of it, like, as Tom Cruise is saying is saying these lines from his brain, but it's, you know, the writing, but he's like, I can tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. It's like a clever douchebag. So it's basically just hate his face, is what I'm hearing. It's just a lot. I mean, what it's it's part that it's partly the writing, how he's written, or the roles he takes, or at least did, and it's partly how he delivers them. I'm saving some of my comments for when we get to the scene so I can point out specifically what I just okay. Okay. like. It's, it's a lot of the shit-eating grin. And it's like, whether it's Tom Cruise or the character he's playing, I feel like I can see the wheels slowly chugging behind his eyes and it just makes me not like him. Yeah, once well, it's, it's the same scene where Iceman, the actual guy, uh, points out that the reason Cougar had a freak out is because he was being followed around by his jet for a while because Maverick abandoned him, which he did. Yeah. Um, in the Indian Ocean. 
and it's, it's sort of hard to keep these guys' names straight. I wrote them all down. I don't know which ones are which exactly, but our main character is Maverick. Uh, his, his friend that he's trying to kill is Goose. Um, the rival who's a much better person and pilot than him is Iceman. Then we've got Slider, Merlin, Wolfman, Sundown, Hollywood, Cougar, Viper, Jester, Singer, and Chopper. Um. Yeah, I only know, like, besides Maverick and Goose, I think Jester and Viper were the two teachers. Yeah, I don't know who Stinger is. Sundown was the only black character and he was named Sundown, so that was something. But I don't know the rest. I think Slider was, uh, Iceman's, uh, Coman, I think. That would track. I mean, Cougar was the one that went crazy. Uh, and then Merlin's the one who replaces Goose after Maverick successfully kills him. Spoiler alert. But the rest, I don't know. He points out that he banned Cougar, does that famous, like, tries to bite him on the nose thing. Which kind of comes out of nowhere. Doesn't actually try to, but has this, like, weird threat thing that was really odd, but at the same time, I'm still talking about it, like, 40 years later, so fair enough. Wait, what? What, what? What was that about fighting? When Iceman's, like, like, shit-talking to Maverick, this is weird. There's... Their faces are, like, two inches apart the whole time. This is weird, like... Like, taunt bite. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I missed that. Well, it's, to me it's super memorable, but maybe just to me. We got dogfight stock footage. No, we just got stock footage of planes. And then voiceovers ensuring us through a dogfight for dogfight class. Uh, we have a smaller, better in every way plane following a big clumsy plane around. The bad guys have good planes. We have a contract with Boeing or something. So we're stuck with these, uh, like 80 foot 
giant can't turn planes. And eventually, I guess, one gets behind? No, okay. So this is where I couldn't tell what was going on, except that they have a hard deck, which means that's what they're pretending the ground is. Right? So, I mean, I got that, that they were doing, um, you know, obviously training, and Michael Ironside is the quote-unquote enemy in the training mission. But in terms of, like, the terminology they were using, like, I was just trying to keep up with the action and figure out who's where. Because that's the thing that gets hard to pay like to uh, pay attention to but um, follow? Well this is where the movie should shine and instead it falls apart every time it seems like. Like, I'm so interested in the scenes. It's cool just to see the jets flying around. Um, Story-wise, though, it's, it, it's fairly unclear. Like, really, all you can get from it is, like, what they tell you after the scene. Yeah. Well, because I don't think they... Uh, again, I don't think the director had the power to, like, tell these real pilots, okay, this is what I want you to do. Like, I don't think these were stop pilots. I think these were actual aerial maneuvers, and they were just filming them and then constructing a story when they cut it together later. Yes. Because they're definitely not doing anything they're described as doing. Like they're just banking. Most of the, most of the shots of them banking. Yes. Which are fine, but also like This could be an audiobook by Marsh. <laughs> um, but but the, the story they verbally tell us is that there was a, a hard deck, which I think is what they're simulating the ground to be. Or at least the the altitude below which they can't go because that's out of bounds of the whatever thing. And Maverick thinks he wins by going underground uh, in this construction. Uh, and then thinks it's unfair that he's called on it later. 
because he just, he's like, oh, you don't know I couldn't burrow through the earth in the field, but I fucking can, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> and he's Little plane falls, big plane around, till eventually big plane falls, little plane around, and then having one by ignoring all of the rules and not actually winning, Maverick's like, hey, we should also almost crash into the tower again. Because uh, I'm trying to kill Goose. Weird recurring jokes. And I don't. It, it is mind boggling why this scene is in here. Yeah, well, he keeps doing it. It's like. They call it buzzing the tower, which is just flying real fast past the air control tower. And, like, it almost sets him up like he's trying to piss off someone who's always on his ass. But I don't recognize his character from any scene beyond the ones where he's drinking coffee and then spills it over himself. Yeah, is it the same guy? He's, he's both yes. on the bridge of a aircraft carrier in the Indian Ocean and also at the school in California. Like, yes. He just moves around wherever Maverick goes. Yes. That's also weird. Uh, but it's it's like because they keep focusing on the same guy, it feels like uh, it, it feels like a personal vendetta against him, whether or not that's actually Maverick's goal. And so it's just like, do you hate this guy? Like, why should, why are we, I don't know, I'm not laughing at this, this I'm not offended by it. This no, I mean, he's just, like, he's just antagonizing people to demonstrate beyond a shadow of a doubt that you shouldn't entrust him with your equipment. <laughs> yes! Yes! I know. And it's funny because, like, they set up What's his name? Uh, Iceman. When you first meet him, as to be like this rival antagonist who, like, will get under your skin and mess with you. But it's like, but every time he does, you get the sense that he's like, it's not just an ego thing, he's also like, testing you and, and your limits, and also pushing you to be better. 
and then like sometimes he just is straight up not even messing with uh, Maverick and just like you know what you're dangerous yeah what well, even says as many words like it's not your fly it's your psychopath <laughs> <laughs> and no one can trust you and you're going to kill Goose <laughs> and he's like I'm not gonna kill Goose and then kills Goose I'm so sorry, Goose. <laughs> An Iceman uh, Goose team if I would have watched. Those would have been a decent flying pair. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so... So... Um, turns out they cheated. Uh, because they burrowed into the simulated ground to get behind the gun. Um, and there's a line, I should have written it down, but the, the guy from the, the tower is really angry at uh, Goose and Maverick. And he's like, you know, kind of like, I want their butts. I want somebody's butts. Who's <laughs> just like, oh, I actually, yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. It's amazing. Then he spells on himself again. That's just his whole character. So, they get yelled at because they're the worst. Or specifically, Maverick's the worst. And I don't know what Goose does, actually. Because it seems like whatever Maverick wants to do, they just do. When the guy in the front seat wants to bust the tower, they just bust the tower. When the guy in the front seat has a mental breakdown, the guy in the back seat can't pile them home or anything. What does the backseat guy do? I wondered that the whole movie, honestly. And actually, when Goose died, even, I got the impression that uh, Maverick was gonna actually go up alone. And then, I mean, he did, ultimately. So I was like, oh, okay. But, like, I was... I wondered that for a lot of the movie of what their purpose was and what they're controlling. Yeah, do they just make sure that all the fuel is good? Like, do they do mechanical stuff and just have to have a really good stomach? I don't know what the... It, it could be it could be, yeah, like mechanical and like basically telling the pilot, you know, because later on when they get shot with bullets, the, his new co 
co-pilot is like, it's okay, she didn't breach the hole, and so I, I guess like a diagnostic person who keeps track of like your fuel levels and everything like that. Uh, but I have no idea. That's, that's purely speculative. Well, it seems to be much less than half the team, at least. But so, so they'll be yelled at, even though none of it's Goose's fault. Teacher's like, oh, it's it's fine. I knew your dad, so it's everyone. It's okay, whatever you do, Maverick. Which is a great setup for things, and also reminds me of Dumbledore. Uh, <laughs> and then I guess they live together, Goose and Maverick, because. They're like talking in his living room at 2 a.m. or something. Just the next scene. Oh, yeah. And this is an on base. Maybe this is like staff housing, or I don't know where this is, or. or... I didn't assume that they lived together. I kind of just assume as I, I actually didn't assume it was that late necessarily. Do they have a mention of it? Uh, well, it certainly seems like couldn't sleep or something, isn't it? Which yeah, be, I think if, you're right. If he's in a different building, then he like wakes up, walks over to his friend's house, and lets himself in the front door to be like, hey, I couldn't sleep. Which is weird. <laughs> or they live together. I don't know. But they, they talk about his dad, which the movie is now about his dad. It was 40 minutes before he heard even had a dad, which is when uh, Tom's character mentioned it. And now it's a big part of his character at 40 minutes. Yeah. And Goose mentions like, hey, you're gonna... I got a family, I'm trying to like live here and you're gonna ruin everything all the time. Uh, and Maverick's like, sorry, sorry, I promise I won't intentionally ruin things for no reason all the time and get you killed on purpose. That's the theme. So then he leaves. They go to school the next day, and the teacher lady tells him that he's too aggressive and he's getting killed, but also she wants to date him, which is. I don't know. He's huge, mercy. I hate this character. This isn't a good movie. 
scenes in a row where which for a total of like five scenes in the movie where people are like hey Maverick you suck and you're a dangerous person and you're the best (laughs) just sort of the like he's he's a bad pilot but he's the best. He's a bad friend, but he's his best friend. And he's aggressive and weird and a bad pilot, but he's the best prospect for dating. So, this is the thing. Like, am I wrong? This is like the whole movie. No, no, no. No, I mean, my whole, like, watching this, I was just like, I don't believe that this woman would want to have you anywhere near her. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's very strange. And the fact that she's just like, she gives him these looks like, something about you. I'm like, he's an asshole. And he's going to kill his friend. And also, I don't know, it might just be because Tom Cruise is like a perpetual sort of elfy looking guy, but she looks like 10 years older than him or something, isn't she? Is that just me? She does. She does look older than him. Uh, and, like, maybe that's Hollywood poisoning my mind because it's always, like, 50-year-old guys with 12-year-old women leads in most action movies, but I think she... Like, it's a weird... Like, she's older than this obvious dumbass teenage mentality guy which sort of emphasizes it to me. Which is like, why would you want to date this obvious man-child? I don't know. It's strange. There's also weird just character choice like she said, be there at five o'clock sharp. Maybe wonder like, okay, what's happening at five o'clock sharp? There's gonna be a reason you emphasize that. Well, so she knows he's serious, and if she he's late, she won't date him. Except she definitely will. And doesn't matter. Yeah, no, well, that's that's exactly the thing. But first. Versus volleyball scene while playing with the boys plays. And it's just, it's just 
two minutes of like shirtless flexing shots. Uh, and that's it. It's just in here. There's no... We learned that Maverick plays volleyball in jeans while everyone else is wearing swim trunks. And that's it. Yeah. It serves... It does nothing. And 
but and that's kind of how I see Tom Cruise in this movie in general, but like without the I'm being funny. Like he's unintentionally funny just because he's ridiculous. Yeah. But like and not in his character, but just like in I don't know. He stands and emotes. Yeah, I mean, it's, this entire scene is pretty ridiculous. And I don't know if it's just a Tom Cruise problem, but it's. I mean, it's a bunch of shirtless guys we're all very young and also very flexy because they know they're shirtless on camera. But in a way where like the volleyball seems very secondary and very obviously staged. Which, and I'm not like a volleyball enthusiast, but I've played it and I like it and I watch it the Olympics and stuff. Like, I know what it looks like when people are actually playing volleyball and you only get two or three wide shots even shows how the game is going or anything. Which, I'm, I also don't mean to imply the game is at all important because it's clearly not, but... I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just a weird the whole, scene. The whole scene has nothing to do with the plot. Uh, which is pretty funny also because I think it's a pretty iconic scene from the like, I knew that scene was in the movie before seeing it. No, I mean, it's famous, but I think it's famous because it's such a non-sequitur. It's very, like, look at these boys. Which is <laughs> it, fine. Like, I'm not offended by every movie with, like, heavy female gaze or homosexual gaze shots or anything. It's just it has so little to do with anything else that sticks out like more of a sore thumb than uh, in movies where it seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah. Or a, a, a stated recurring theme instead of just an obvious unaddressed recurring theme, which is in this one. Yeah, well, it's also weird because he's playing against his rival, and like, I mean, even though. Yeah, you're against your rival and you're trying to beat them. It can't help but build a little bit of camaraderie that's not actually there in the movie. 
Yeah, like they're Does that make sense? they're behaving like they're friends off the out of work, which they're clearly not. I they, think that's part of the thing. It's like if the way if you're gonna do that scene and have it serve any kind of purpose, like you could have them antagonizing each other. But then you don't just get the watching shirtless guys play sports montage by putting character stuff in that scene. Yeah, or have them at least, like, they don't even talk to each other, right? They just... All it demonstrates character-wise is the taunting at the very end because he's leaving and they want a rematch. Right, but it, as far as like overall relationships with other characters go, all it demonstrates is that Maverick does not care if he's late to the state that he was pretending meant a lot to him a minute ago. Yeah, that also like threw me off. Like, when we jumped to that scene, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is that scene. And then, like, when he cut it, it was like, okay, I gotta go. I'm like, are you, are you going to your date? You're like, you're like soaked in sweat. Yeah, you're, you're filthy for one thing. You've been playing right up until the wire, apparently, because he's late. And, like, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little mind-boggling. And then he gets there and like, oh, shit, I'm late. Shit, I'm late. And she... Well, pulls up to her super nice house, by the way. She's like across the street from the ocean or something. I don't think... I mean, they call this place like Fighter Town, USA, so maybe it's a fictional town. It's like owned by the military or something. I don't think the military pays people well enough to live on the beach. I could be wrong. I guess this was also, what, 35 years ago. Maybe California was still livable at the time. But, I don't know. It's, it's a very nice house. I'm into it. I would also want to spend all my time there if I was Tom Cruise, whether I liked this girl or not. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Pretty nice place. Well, okay, first off, he shows up at her house and immediately asks if he can oh. take a shower. Yeah! Cause I he, know! Which, A, yeah. super creepy. B, you just put your skanky pre-shower clothes back on and rode around in the... 
in the Montauk motorcycle, it's not going to do anything. Yeah! If you take a shower now and put a clothes bag on, Maverick. Uh, no, that cracked me up because, like, he's like, oh, while you get ready, I'm just going to go take a shower. Like, he didn't, he wasn't like, hey, would you mind? Like, I could be misremembering, but... I'm pretty sure he just said, I'm, while, while, you, while you get ready, I'm going to go take a shower. Well, first, very first, he knocks on her door, he's late, she doesn't answer, so he says, like, well, I better start prowling. And he goes around the back <laughs> of the house. <laughs> To see if she's hiding from him because that's unacceptable, Maverick. Like, he's. I hate this guy. Everything about him is so creepy. I do not think people would like him in real life. Is all I'm saying. I don't think she should date him because you shouldn't hoard that kind of behavior. You should call the fucking police. Anyway, uh, so he's late, wants to go to the shower, prowls around the back. She wants MIG info. And he suddenly starts talking about his dad again, because now that's what the movie is about. And his dad, we hear, disappeared a while ago, but was also a pilot. So now that's a, a big, major character point. It's been like an hour into the movie at this point where where they're trying to inject the father as the main motivating factor, but they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, well, and also, I mean, the, the, their whole date just feels uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel during this scene, if I'm supposed to feel like, oh, this is cute or sweet, like these characters are bonding, because I don't feel that by much. I mean, it, I, was, I was okay in this one scene, because it feels like a lot of first dates I've been on, which is kind of just awkward and like, so do we like each other? I don't know. Let's think of something to talk about. Oversharing. Whoops. Going back and sort of... Because just they're sitting on her porch and he's being all awkward. And she's kind of being all awkward more just like bemused. Like, to me, it works as a first date. What it doesn't work as is the beginning of this relationship that supposedly means everything to people in a minute. Yeah. But, like, as a, as a standalone, this is 
actually, I think the most realistic scene between these two characters of like, alright, so we're dating them, you know. This scene ends pretty funny because it ends with him saying, I'm gonna take a shower. Which I totally thought in that moment meant he was saying, I'm gonna go get naked in your bathroom. But it was an invitation yeah. to join. I, you don't have a choice in this matter. I am now stripping down I your bathroom. Totally thought that this was going to be a segue to them shower fucking. I was like, oh, so we had this awkward date, and because the movie needs you to like him, is that where that's going? <laughs> uh, I guess I was relieved that it didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, the important note, the reason you assumed that is because it has been that awkward and that bad so far. So there's no reason not to assume that. But also, it's just like... I mean, because he got there, he's like, I'm going to take a shower. And she told him no. And... You know, they build up a little bit of rapport in the scene then. And I guess draw a little bit closer. And so and I read him saying, saying, I'm going to go take a shower again. As basically testing the waters. Pun intended. To, uh... Hey! Get Right then? So as we established, Maverick is not a guy who cares when a woman says no. So, the mere fact that she's like, no, you can't shower in my house, weirdo, earlier doesn't mean he's not just going to. <laughs> Like, that, that sentence alone, when it, when it first comes in, is like, I'm gonna go take a shower. That's kind of all you need to know about a person you don't really know to decide you don't like them. Yeah, I do like that at least she was like, no, you are not. <laughs> what? <laughs> but... Like, it seems kind of like he called the date short, where he's like, okay, well, I should probably get going because I should take a shower. It's like, you, you did Why? this. <laughs> yeah. What? What is going on in your character's head? He's one of the most obnoxious characters that we're supposed to like in cinematic history, I think. 
There's some more, but I don't remember any of them right now. Probably like skateboard movies or something. And that is kind of weird because, so, like, literally the next scene is him back, uh, I guess, on base. Well, they're in an elevator. Well, no, well, but, well, yeah, but on the base, right? Yeah. He's about to get in the elevator. It's just an awkward smash cut to the next day or a couple days later or a week later. We don't fucking know. Well, immediately, I don't know because he's got the towel. He just has gotten out of the shower, which he the last scene, he told us, I'm gonna go take a shower. So it implies that she went with him on his motorcycle so he could take a shower and she could hang out and put a hat on? Not even, because, like, the scene starts, he's by himself. So I'm like, okay, so he's back on base and he just took the shower. This is right after the scene we just saw guessing. And then he gets in the elevator and she's there. And I'm like, oh, this is a different time he took a shower. (laughs) The man likes showers. I guess. I mean, like, on its own, that would be fine, but it's like the previous scene ended with him saying, I'm gonna go back and take a shower, and the next scene begins, he's back and is just taking a shower. Yeah, well, I don't know when it's supposed to. So, this scene, fun fact behind the scenes, this scene was shot a couple of months later. Because apparently test audiences didn't buy their lack of chemistry resulting in anything, which we still don't. But, uh... And so, like, the scenes where she's wearing a hat, and the reason they had that love scene later is so blue-tinged is because her hair color was different by now for another presumably better movie she was doing. So she's she's wearing the hat to cover up the fact she's not blonde anymore because the scene was shot months later because they had no chemistry. Uh, and that tells you pretty much all you need to know about it because I don't even remember what they say. They're kind of just... I don't remember any of the specific dialogue, but this is kind of... This scene kind of uh, represents some of my problems with Tom Cruise's acting when he's meant to be charming, cool guy. And maybe it's just, I don't dislike his acting, I just dislike the roles that he's been put into. 
I think I think you dislike that archetype person, Merle. Not when it's done well, like Robert Downey Jr. is as uh, Iron Man is perfect. Well, yeah, but he has that like actual confidence. He doesn't come off as like rapey all the time. Yes. Yes. I mean, there, I mean, a lot of differences between hard to, but like, there. But the one thing in this scene is like, you know, they have this what's trying to be cute repartee, and like, she'll say something, and you're like, okay, time for the bit. Male lead's gonna say something slightly witty, and instead he just kind of looks off the distance and kind of smiles awkwardly and goes, <laughs> and then says, Yeah, I guess so, or something like along this, just like the most boring dialogue and there's that build up to it where you're like okay so that's where we're gonna get some of our chemistry from is that that witty repartee where they kind of make each other smile nope and instead he just has that dumb smile and says something dumb and it's like okay <laughs> I hate this well then to to emphasize <sighs> emphasize how little chemistry they have the very next scene is Goose and his wife put by Meg Ryan <laughs> Who have great chemistry and seem yeah. like two people who like each other. Yeah. I would have followed a goose movie. Yeah, and this, I guess this is... I mean, I'm not saying I'm like, I love his character, but like, by comparison... In this, co in, in this company, I love his character. Yes. And this isn't the scene where, because it, it's fine, because it's the next scene where uh, Goose and Meg Ryan, I forget your character's name, were together. Well, I'll talk about that later. But uh, there's only two of them, I think, but this is the one you're picking up from the plane. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's already night and day. Like, already these two actors are, like, playing off each other and getting along and stuff. And then I guess they're reviewing a dogfight that we didn't actually get to see. Like, maybe it's the Indian Ocean one, or maybe it's an exercise they did. I can't tell. They don't explain that. Yeah. It's just a thing they're doing now. And I mean, I don't have necessarily any issue 
with that part of the scene, but like, kind of like, it, it's just the inherent problem in trying to, uh, I think, do some of this uh, stuff for general audiences, like, because they show the screens and like, the images on the screen, the moving ones that are presumably jets, are like the most weirdly shaped things. They do not, they don't look like jets for one, or like any moving marker. Maybe it's a bunch of them in group, I don't know. It's just really weird to kind of even figure out what I'm seeing on that screen. Yeah, well, and, and they just refer to... It's just much more sort of like aerial maneuver jargon without telling you where it's from or who's doing what. So it's kind of just... This might just be me because I don't know the aerial maneuver jargon, but I had no idea what they were talking about except that the teacher says that he did bad. And he's mad. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a classic thing of it's a victory, but also it's kind of a failure. It's a victory, but don't do this. Yeah, and then the guy behind him says, Gutsiest move I ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> To, to get in the rugs like, no, 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 you're still great. Maverick's still great, looks direct at the camera. Maverick is great, but, yeah, yeah, bleh. But he throws a temper tantrum because she said he did a wrong thing and he's a toxic personality. So then there's a romantic car chase? Oh yeah, because he blows her off. Yeah, and when she's trying to talk to him, even though at the beginning of their, like, what was it, in the elevator, she told him, like, listen, I'm here to do a job. Like, I like you, but I'm here to do a job. Yeah, but he didn't believe her because she's a woman, and he doesn't believe women. I guess. <sighs> but... So, but then they she... both almost kill, like, three people on their way back to her. Yeah, she, she suddenly goes as crazy as he does because then she's chasing him in a sports car through, like, the streets of wherever they are, Santa Rosa or something. To, to, and this is the most awkward plot. I, I hate this. Tony, I hate this. <laughs> but, like... One is, yeah, 
I said you were... I didn't write the line down. I should have. Look. I said you did bad, but I also couldn't say that you also did good because don't want anyone figuring out that I'm falling in love with you or something. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. I... Like, I was watching the movie by myself, and I looked around kind of embarrassed. Like, how you do? So I'm like, ah, no, it's not. I'm just watching this for a podcast, you guys. <laughs> but yeah. there's no one in my no, apartment. No, I... Yeah, yeah. I had the same thought. I'm just like... Well, and also, it's not, it's the least earned, like, they had one super awkward date, uh, where he left to go shower, and then he's being super disrespectful to her at her work in front of everyone three separate times and she's like, yeah this is what all women should like girls watching this movie in the 80s it's just very bad yeah I don't understand and that that leads to their black not black and white but their Largely shadowed sex. They're blued out sex scenes. Again, they, they threw in the last minute because they didn't have it, so it's blued out because her hair's the wrong color. Fun thing to know, still very strange and indicative, I think, of how the movie's put together in the first place. Yeah, and I got I got no pains. It's not a good sex scene. I I tried to rub one out. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's way too short. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's probably why. No, it's just and they. They paw each other. He touches her face a lot, but like not in a romantic, like you're so beautiful, I need to feel you way. More of like a, uh, like, what does this do? Is this where the humans eat kind of way? I, I do not care for it. And now we're back to flight footage. Just, uh... Montage of... Uh... They're back. I don't know how much time has gone by. I don't know anything about this... 
more flight. I guess there's four, four other guys, and Mav abandons a guy named Hollywood to go chase someone, and Goose is like, don't, we talked about this, you were gonna stop trying to get me killed and flunk out of the program, and I was like, nah, let's flunk out of the program. And he abandons the guy he's supposed to be watching for, which is Hollywood, because yeah. he wants to chase down Viper, Victor, Jester. Isn't, like, everyone basically chastising him over the radio, too? Yeah, he's the worst. And he's the worst on purpose, because everyone lets him know, like, you're being the worst. And he's like, yeah, we talked about this, but I was lying. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he's, he is the worst, um, loses to Viper again, on purpose again. Iceman spits some shower wisdom at him, where they're all hanging around in towels, and he's like, listen, it's not you, or it's not your flying, it's you're terrible, and you're the worst. <laughs> Which I actually made me like Iceman more because he's like at that point he stopped even trying to mess with Maverick for the most part. He's just coming out of straight like, like it's just like we're concerned you're going to get Goose killed on purpose. Goose is a good guy. Whose side are you on? Yeah. Like, we might be competing, but we're all same team. And we have to have each other's back. But if you just look out for you, then you're not working with us. It's basically... It's his third failed intervention with this clearly office rocker uh, friend, co-worker, Maverick, who's actively trying to sabotage Goose's career, who he secretly hates, or kill him. I don't know why he secretly hates this man, because everyone else seems to like him. This is one of the movie's better scenes, I think. Uh, but maybe not. So, because, like, everyone's trying to kind of politely but firmly tell Maverick, you're an asshole. <laughs> and yeah. they walk, and he just on whatever and, and they kind of walk off and he's like leaning over Goose and it's like, like whatever my dad's way. dead 
<laughs> no, but he's like, I, he's like, I don't know why I did that. I know better than that. That was stupid. I can't believe I did that. It's never gonna happen again. And like, that's one of the few scenes I actually believe Tom Cruise in this role. Like, his acting as this character. Like, I believe you're a person who thinks they're not gonna do this thing again that they're clearly gonna do again. And Goose is great because he's just sitting there just like looking at the floor not saying anything because he knows he's like you gotta do this again yeah like you might you made me this promise already yeah and so there's just more of that and it's actually like a pretty good scene just not for making us like the protagonist at all which is not trying to be, in fairness, but it's like, there's not much for me to like about him already, so make me like him less is working against the, the goal, I think. Yeah, well, like, cat's out of the bag. We all know he's the worst. Everyone's yeah. been saying so, and it's very obvious. Like, you cannot convince us to like this guy unless you're the obnoxious teenager who already likes this guy. Now they go for a double date with him and Goose and Meg Ryan at the bar. Which is a passable scene because Tom Cruise's, or I should say Maverick, is barely, is barely a part of it. One, you can tell that Meg Ryan is worried about the acting of her friends, so she's polite enough to even come in and say to Teacher Lady, like, you know, he really likes you. It's not obvious from the way either of you are acting, but I'm gonna do you a solid here and let you know he really likes you. Oh my god, I actually love that, yeah. Meg uh, Ryan literally has to exposition us their, their love story. So that we know that this is something we should care about. Yeah. There's something special. So good. And, you know, he's, just, he's spending time with his kid, gooses, and they're just nicer, better people who have actual chemistry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, goes on. I know. I'm like, God, just. All of them for a few scenes. I could use a break. And when Tom Cruise is trying to be cute and like singing with the kid and playing with Goose, it's just like, 
creeping everyone out. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable. I just find him uncomfortable. Yeah, so then, what, she says something cute to Goose, because they're actually friends, and they leave. And we go on to another takeoff montage to Loggins. My notes get sporadic at this point, because I've stopped caring, mostly. Now it's a team competition between Iceman and Mav. It, it, it's another oh, scene. Yeah, it's it, go right to it. It's not subtle at all. We go right from look at what a good father goose is. To like, guess what? Apparently, there's a plans to have a wake. It's called like Jet Wash. And this is the only scene in the movie where I can have tell what's happening because I think it's also the only scene where they used to model and stuff real plain. Yeah. But so Iceman's following the guy who's supposed to shoot down. And he has some sort of weird robot plan where 30 seconds out he's gonna do something cool. Should I understand? Uh, it's the first time Iceman seemed a little suspect to me, because that doesn't make any sense. But Maverick stuck behind him, because apparently they don't know about Jet Wash, even though it's a term they're gonna use over and over again after this. And he gets, he gets caught in it, and the plane goes down, because apparently if you're in the wake of a plane, then oxygen or air doesn't get into your engine, and then you die. Was it, I, th- I thought when they say later is... Wasn't it, it, it was just like a more to do with like a natural air current than that they were in the wake of another plane. But they said they were caught in his ice or in his jet wash. Ah, which okay, I so assume it, means it was away. I mean. He, could be right, I have no idea what it is still, but I didn't look it up or anything. I just, the way they describe it, it seems like they're talking about his wake and it's because he was falling too close or something. Price says a decent amount of movie that is the only scene I actually felt something in. Well, because it's one of the only like, characters you like, right? Yeah, like, I, I, I was legit, like, when that happened, I, I was, like, legitimately bummed and was, like, hoping they wouldn't pull the trigger. And I mean, hoping in that way you're like, oh, that would be really sad, not like, oh, that would be 
bad writing, but like, I was like, oh, I like the guy, it's uh, his wife and kid are without him. Yeah, so I guess. See, when you have an effective storyline with a character, it can be. It can can be. uh, Effective. Invest the audience. So, well, and I mean, and we're making fun of this movie. This movie did really well. Like, I. I'm having some problems. I don't know why people like this so much. Yeah, but I think we're alone on this. But Lord, even talked to my uncle about it, who was in the Air Force. He's like, "What? You didn't love that movie?" Like, uh, no comment. <laughs> but it was kind of a um. So, so what happens? Like they they're going down. They can't get the plane right. Uh, they hit the ejector thing, which they're having trouble doing for some reason, so the, the canopy pops off, and then they shoot out of the plane like they do, but for some reason it's designed so that you shoot directly into the canopy, so Goose hits his head and breaks his neck or something because he gets rocketed into a, a hard glass or whatever. Which I guess, like, it's designed so it only works when you're going forward so the air blows it back or something. Like, I don't know what the reasoning I, is. I think what happened was because they were getting closer and closer to the ground or the ocean and um, because they were spinning Goose was too dizzy to be able to reach and grab the things so that's why I was having trouble with it so as soon as he finally got it I think they didn't I mean, they didn't explain this, it's just what the scene was. But I think as soon as he grabbed it, they ejected possibly too early. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, because like, if they're going forward, then it would fly back, right? But because they were just spinning, it just kind of went straight up and so he flew into it. It's a little strange. I don't get why, like, only goose hit it, I guess. Maybe it depends on where it pops off, but... I don't know. Yeah, it... It would have been a much funnier move if they both died. Simultaneously, just. We hope you've enjoyed Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) Just a quick montage like Iceman collecting awards.
so this dies immediately uh Tom Skerritt comes in to talk to Tom Cruise's underwear and be like, get over it. Forget about all your friends. Yeah! <laughs> Which could be like good advice if it was shot in a way that like it wasn't 12 seconds later. But yeah, it's pretty it sociopathic. Like, he's just like, let him go. There will be others. But it, they don't tell us what this is, but it's shot as if this is that day. Like, he's, he's just taken yeah. another shower. Like... I don't know, it's very strange. I think one of the problems also, because I was thinking about that, is we meet, don't we meet those two characters together? Pretty much. Which two? Goose and Mav? Maverick and Goose. Yes. And so... The feeling that's carried through is they're best friends, they're brothers, and you know, they're a team. And so, like, you do feel like having another copod just feels wrong. Even though it's like, that's what you ultimately would have to do in this situation. But like, in terms of emotional investment, it just seems weird. Not weird, but like, it's, it's weird to say, just shake off the grief. Get back out there. Like, if we had met Goose later in the movie, like, just like, oh, this is your new pilot. Like, once the movie really gets going. If he seemed at all disposable and not like he was the other main character. Well, because I don't know how long they've known each other. We've known them for the same amount of time, so I just assume they go back quite a ways. But yeah, I mean, they know each other's well, he knows his wife and stuff, at least. Yeah. And so, like, replacing him... I don't know. Not an easy answer to it in terms of what you do narratively, but it's like, it's so weird that the guy's just like, yeah, you'll lose more. Just, just gotta put it behind you. It's like, is it worth it? Well, just because it's, just because it's the next scene, like, you're not sure Goose is dead yet until he comes in and announces it, and it's like, get over it. Oh, yeah. Like, I think the dialogue actually is like, Goose is dead, and I know. 
weird stuff. Then we get, but he also is not opening up to, uh, to his girlfriend who we've been assured, assured he's falling in love with by Matt Grime. He's falling in love with her. Tony. They're falling in love. Is that, is that what this is? Looks directly at the camera. They're falling in love with each other. Gotta take my word for it. I'm Matt Bryan. And he does the... The conspicuous wedgie walk of depression. Which I just noticed. Because... His pants are all the way up his ass. It's very funny. Uh, to give his... To give Goose the stuff to his widow, but not all his stuff. He wants to steal some of his stuff so he can throw in the ocean later. That... That scene was kind of, um... Trying to remember, cause like I was a little confused where he was, because like he goes in, gives her a hug, and she immediately starts consoling him because he's Maverick and he's a huge guy. Yeah. He's yeah. he's everyone's number one priority. He's just like looking around their house. I think this is like the the waiting room of death. It seems like it's mm. on base somewhere. Like yeah, because it's got a bunch of a bunch of chairs all facing one direction. That's right. Yeah. Stuff. found innocent by the tribunal. Yeah, it was found not at fault. I don't think he was ever for criminal charges. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but, like, yeah, he's not at fault. This but, but right after, like, the only things, the only things his grieving widow says to the guy who killed his husband, like, don't worry, he loved flying with you, you should keep flying him in character. <laughs> That's her entire <laughs> <speech>. <laughs> character. It's the worst. It's her not fault. Now we're back to to plane. Montage, he's chasing one, but he's lost his mojo. Uh, and he gets mad at the guy, his new co worker, or his new co pilot, Sundown, for telling him he's lost his mojo. So then he. he quits? Oh, 
And they don't know he's quitting until someone, uh, someone who has the script calls about it. Cause like, cause Iceman's in the locker room with him saying like, listen, we all liked Goose. He wasn't you. We all hate you. We all liked Goose. We're sorry this happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Maverick's just like, yeah, I know, I, I'm the only person on Earth who hated Goose, and I finally killed him, now I feel bad about it. <laughs> and then leaves. And if we don't know, that means he's quitting, so we have someone in the foreground call the audience on a phone, be like, hey. Maverick quit in this scene. <laughs> Cause it's the worst movie. He, he quits program to go drink. For the first time I identify with Maverick. It's like, yeah, it's middle of the day. Every day is a half day if you just fuck off and go get a drink. Like, I get it. That's awesome. That's what I do. But... He's just chilling there drinking water, though. Yeah, they say that later because he can't have any vices. Except for being a terrible person who kills his friends. But, uh, uh, girlfriend whose name was weird is because the, the guy that calls isn't he calling the the girlfriend? I don't know. That was that was what I got. He's like listening to the conversation between Iceman and Maverick. And then he's like on the phone talking about it. Saying Maverick just quit and literally hard cut to her at the airport like lunch spot where she finds him. Oh, maybe it was her. I, I don't know. I thought it was just in there because they realized the last minute they filmed a bad scene. You couldn't tell what was happening. So they just cut this other guy. It's like, your job is to tell the audience what we just did. But I might have been calling her. That would make some sense at least. Stress like shame pep him into joining the program again. He won't. Yeah. It, it's an awkward scene. It's like is this like the third scene of someone trying to say get back in there? I think it's only the second at this point. I guess you wouldn't count the Iceman scene, because he's 
kind of like, well, we all like Goose. Yeah, he's just expressing condolences because he's a hero and the main character and a good guy. <laughs> and it should be the main character. But he's like, no, you're a woman, I don't respect your opinion. So he leaves and goes to uh, Tom Skerritt's house because he wants to hear what a man has to say on the subject. Yeah. And then Tom Skerritt starts talking about his dad because I forgot that was what this movie was about. <laughs> Tells him how he dies. Or how he died, um, because he was uh, also a pilot and, and did things that were good, but then died because he had to. I, I was not invested in this scene. Also, it's just hard for me to take really emotional confessions seriously that involved were bogeys too many times. Which they kept mm. doing. So, yeah. Um, there were so many bogeys in the sky. 10, 12 bogeys on your head. Your dad was like, I can handle these bogeys. I'm like, ah, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> I was in a back out, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um But it He also attempts to pet a little more gently uh seems to work because then Oh and also let's slip what they didn't mention all force the Ulrey has enough units to graduate, I guess. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, he's like, listen, you can show up at the at the graduation ceremony next week. You already have enough to graduate. So you can either quit or graduate with everyone else and try to get your career back together or whatever, whatever. So, when we cut to the graduation, where Iceman's number one, as he should be, Mav just shows up in uniform to also graduate, which I guess you can do. Yeah. Well, because they love him and champion him, so... Yeah, because he's the best. I mean... In fairness, his best friend just got killed, so maybe there's a little bit of just sympathy there, but like, it's just, that's the way he's treated the whole movie, so it does just feel like, you made it! Yeah, this is what we're all actually here for, is to make sure you get here. Yeah. Uh, well he does uh, at least at least Iceman gets some attention which is cool. 
because yeah. he deserves it. But then, all of a sudden, in the middle of the graduation ceremony, someone comes out and it's like, hey, you have to go back to the only other set we have, which is the same ship from the beginning of the movie. Uh, we're a global military presence. We got guys everywhere. You have to go back, all of you, to that same guy, the principal from Back to the Future. So they do. And there's another long takeoff sequence. And it may or may not be Kenny Loggins. I don't remember at this point. Pretty sure it's only him. Like, that's the song from this movie. It's like, if it's action, it's Kenny Loggins. And if it's romance, it's Take My Breath Away. Fair enough. So yeah, it's probably Kenny Loggins. I, uh, my notes get less and less detailed as the story just keeps <laughs> like I was at the stare at the screen portion of my uh watching movies I'm not invested in experience so I apologize to everyone who wants detailed notes on this part because mostly just like now it's happening now it's happening uh, so there's another long takeoff scene. They're in the Indian Ocean. Yeah, same place as before. And near as I can tell, exact same mission as before. Like, there's guys flying out there that want to go see who they are. But there's the added thing, like, their missiles can go 100 miles. They gotta keep everyone a hundred miles away from their boat, otherwise they might be able to shoot their boat. Right? You know, all I know, because well, they were there to rescue another ship that went too far into foreign territory. Yeah. Which you're also not supposed to do, guys. Like, that's... Don't do that. But I guess... Yeah, that was... No, no... I mean... Okay, that's fine. I guess for the plot, I guess we don't need to know why they did it. Just that some idiot did that. But it was... It was definitely a little odd. Yeah, but they're not, like, they're not there to tow them or anything. They're just sort of fly around and make sure that these jets don't get too close to the aircraft carrier because if they're within 100 miles they could shoot the aircraft carrier and might is near as I can tell the entire plot, right? Well, I think their, their protective duty while that ship is getting back out of that dangerous area. But is that ship their old ship with with the principal on it? No, no. He's telling them this like 
there and there, like that the aircraft carrier is where it is because they're sending out the aircraft to basically help escort this other ship back. Okay, so they're trying to stay 100 miles away from the other ship, not the aircraft carrier. I didn't get Something that. Something like, I guess. Well, I was confused. That's uh, the premise, at least, of the why we're here. Okay. Because well, there's this, this ship that is stranded in, if not enemy, at least foreign waters, and we need to bring it out safely. So you're the uh, support protection. Yeah, so it's, it's Iceman and Hollywood, and they've told Maverick to sort of hang back and stretch. he should but then there's there's the, they think it's like two movies but it's actually like six that just fly close together which is technology the Americans haven't mastered yet um they get two and then they shoot down Hollywood so there's, they're actually blowing each other up at this point, exclusively with missiles, by the way, uh, to go back to what was supposed to be in higher point of school. Like, all they're doing is locking on each other and blowing each other away with missiles. The same shot of the missile taking off, also. Thing must have been a real dummy around they fired off or something, because it's the same shot from the same angle every time a missile goes off. I'm curious to watch that earlier scene because, like, even in their training, it's all missile lock. Yeah, no, they they did not teach them how to do anything but missile lock. I can tell. Let's see. There, so there's no. Uh, if they send Maverick out, and then they say there's no backup because both catapults are broken, which seems like a thing that you would have dealt with before. <laughs> like the the reason it has to just be Mav is because their entire ship and reason for being there doesn't work. They don't say why. It wasn't sabotaging. They're like, yeah, it's broken. It's the shake machine at McDonald's. I don't care. Mav gets the jet wash again, but it's fine. And then we have sort of a very... A very children's movie, kind of like, these are the lessons that Mav has learned. 
This is the Jaguar that made him fall before. Does it make him fall this time? This is him abandoning Iceman, which he does for a couple minutes because he's the worst. Yeah! Um, but then... It's a really weird moment in the climax. But then he remembered that he shouldn't abandon people like he met in Hollywood either, so he changes his mind after Iceman stays alive against like five enemy fighters by himself for four minutes because Iceman's the best. <laughs> we get a bunch of single shots of planes banking and a bunch of chatter. And at his second chance to abandon everyone, he chooses not to. I, I, <laughs> it's, well, this is the hard, this is, this is the hardest part to describe because it's a lot of shots of jets flying by and spinning. That's mostly it. Occasionally someone fires a missile. Um, and then obviously, you know, shots of people in the cockpits and stuff. But, like, the action scenes in this are always a little hard to piece together. Uh, yeah, which well, I don't necessarily fault the movie for. I think they did the best they could at the time. But they also, they, they, they've, they've set up a model wherein they need to describe over the radio what's going on so we can follow it. And I feel like they still don't hear as much. Yeah. Because just like... Who is... Sorry. Who is writing... Who is writing with Maverick? Is that... Is that the instructor? Is that... That's Tom Merlin. That's... That's Tim Robbins, I think. Oh, shit. I forgot he was in this. Yeah. I didn't even notice him. Yeah, it's him. I guess he was the old co-pilot for, uh, for Cougar. Who right. went crazy. Yeah. Now it's, now it's his. So anyway, there's, they, they, they blow up four of the six and the rest run. Iceman gets shot a couple times with guns, not missiles, so it's ineffective. Because... How's this Maverick? Is that Ice that gets hit? Yeah. Because Ice is the one who's out there by himself against like half a dozen of them for a while. And he gets hit a couple times when Maverick's abandoning him, I think. I think. But anyway, finally they get they get two-thirds of them and the rest run away. 
and then Maverick endangers the tower again because he's still an asshole. That's my careful and nice. I like that. Uh, Mavericks. Because Ma Maverick uses his signature move, which we see at least once, maybe twice earlier in the movie, which is, you know, plane is following you. And you just do a, a hard break. Yeah, which no one And it's like, of. hey, that's not a... Yeah, it's like, it's not... I, that's, that's a good move. But, like, it's weird that that's, like, a exclusively Maverick move. Yeah, it's weird that they can't counter by also breaking. Uh, but that's how he how he saves the day in the end because there's a guy on his tail and then he breaks right as that guy's about to fire and then he fires on the guy and the guy flies past and that's when they all just get the fuck out of there yeah, and then it plays the only other song from the movie which is the theme song which is admittedly an okay theme song but it's always the same 10 seconds of it busts the tower again so coffee guy can spill his coffee again yeah like we should delight in that or have any like the guy was never a foil so it's not like uh there's not that satisfaction in it of like ah got him again no they're just like ah mavericks incorrigible you can't teach him to be a good person no matter what <laughs> um, <laughs> And then everybody's happy. Uh, Iceman tries to be friends with him. He's like, you can be the wingman anytime. And Maverick's like, no, no, I'm the best. I'm great. You can be my wingman. And Iceman's like, well, I tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is was exactly my reaction. Uh, and it's funny because, like, in a different movie with, like, a different lead, I could see that line working well enough. But I, I just, I, I don't think... Tom Cruise doesn't have any charisma to me. Not in this role. Yeah. But like, like even totally like completely different kind of actor, but like someone like 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, because I think of those, like, action movies with the back and forth and the one-liners and stuff, and I sometimes, like, you know, I wouldn't get any time, I could just imagine me, like, bullshit, you'll be mine. <laughs> like, alright! <laughs> like, it's not a good line, but, like, I could see an actor with a little bit more charisma pulling on something. Yeah, whereas here it, it it's just like the elevator scene where it's like I feel like I can see this character trying to think of something good to say finding something dumb and being like, nailed it. Well, but also he's, he's sitting on two hours of this movie establishing he's a huge brat, which is like, <laughs> like, that's where he's coming from with it. So he, he, he feels good about that because just <laughs> Uh, insulted this guy who's trying to be friends with them. Goes below deck, looks at the, uh, the dog tags he got from Goose. He's like, fuck you, Goose's kid. Throws her into the ocean. I know! I know! I was like, what? I was like, Oh no, it's visual representation of him letting go of Goose. I'm like, no! It's like, that's like he. That, he has uh, a wife and a son. <laughs> Give those to them. Yeah! And also, it's just like, I mean, you let go of Goose, but you don't forget about Goose, and that's, I don't know, dog tags are like one of the things that people traditionally hold on to. It felt weird as hell to see him just toss that shit into the ocean. Yeah, well, also, he hasn't, like, been carrying around with him like wait for a long time like in film time Goose died 15 minutes ago or something and we've seen these dog tags once when he stole from his wife and child oh that's right because he took them from from where they were at yeah things. Well, also, like, like, if they were an Air Force, if they were, like, Navy, and they, like, even that still doesn't totally work. But it's like, you know, sometimes you, you give up something that was a token of somebody to, like, a place that's significant to them. And I get that they spend a lot of time 
over water, but it's not like they were particularly called by the sea. No, it's so like it's the same part of the Indian Ocean where, uh, if you recall, the first time ever in the movie, at least, that Maverick um, directly countermanded orders despite Goose desperately begging him not to and a dangerous career. He's <laughs> like, fuck you, Goose, I made it out alright anyway. <laughs> fuck you, Goose. I'm alive fuck and you're a skeleton. Fuck you, Goose's wife. <laughs> like, hey, because you did a good thing for the first time in your fucking career, um, you can go wherever you want. Where do you want to go? And he's like, I want to go back and be a teacher because that's the last danger I want to be in real life. Like, Does okay. the guy even say, like, that's a terrible, like, that's God help us or something? Yeah. I mean, he laughs, but it's like, no, actually, God help you all. Yeah, it's gonna kill everybody. Because he wants to be back. Now that he's thrown the dog tags away and, like, sealed his final vengeance. Uh, he wants to be near to the place where his friend Goose was killed by him. That's where he wants to spend the rest of his life. It's like, well, there's only one place in the world that's really that important to me. Where I killed Goose. That's where I want to be. So... It's just like, oh, he goes back to California, Kelly McGill's back because she's a ninja, because the jukebox starts playing, even though she's not near it, and then she, like, sneaks up behind him. It's like, hey. Did you notice, like, I'm, I'm fairly certain, too, that so you know it's just this cutesy thing the way it's the way it's blocked it seems like yeah as you said she's a ninja or like she searched the jukebox and like when she walks around the corner behind him. She's walking around from where he just was. Yeah, it makes the blocking makes no sense. But whatever. It's like yeah, it's the least of my concerns with this movie, 
but it was kind of funny because it's like I like to imagine that she like started the song and then like crept forward and like hid underneath the bar it's like I'm gonna get him so good he's not gonna know well, what, what they need is they need them communicating over walkie talkies or something like yeah, I'm going around behind the bar. Yeah, I'm behind him. Because that's how they... That's what they relied on to handle all the positioning the rest of the movie. <laughs> so... They didn't know how to do it just visually. Anyway, that's Top Gun. Uh... Fucking. Can I go kill myself now? Yeah, tell me, what do you, would you recommend this movie? Uh, no, I mean. There's something about 80s movies, they're kind of just watchable. I mean, the better ones are obviously way more than watchable. Like, Top Gun's watchable. I just, I hate the main character. Yeah. I, I already don't like Tom Cruise in most roles. I definitely hate this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't this movie uh, I know a lot of people liked it I honestly don't know why it did what it was supposed to though again like Navy recruitment or Navy aerial specific recruitment went up like 500% in the I think I think it mostly comes down to just the stock footage of Jets taking off and Kenny Loggins. Because those scenes, I mean, like, it's like very transparent, but it's like, it's cool. Yeah, it's a dorky. Like, there's that element to it, but like, it's going for cool, and especially for its era, like, it absolutely was cool. But honestly, I think you could recut that movie and excise literally every scene with Maverick or Goose or Iceman or even the named characters in it and still have most of the appeal of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, yeah. I get why people thought at least elements of the movie were cool or had a good time. I, I don't know anyone that really cares about the romance or about Maverick overcoming the odds. Goose, I, I get care about because I, I, I was bummed when he died 
I, I get people thinking it makes flying jets look fun. I'll give it that. But that's about it. Yeah. Agreed. But I'll probably see the sequel. I just won't pay for it if I can buy it. I, I heard they're bringing Val Kilmer back, which I didn't know he was still acting. I do like Val Kilmer. He had head throat cancer or something, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's taken care of. I think he had surgery to have it taken care of, so. Good. Good, I like him. They actually wrote a sequel, apparently, right after the movie, but nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> I mean, it always served its purpose. They got the recruitment goals up. Yeah. So. Eh. Okay, well, that, that was top. That, that's, that's top. Also, some people just like military stuff more than I do, so... Maybe it's political. Maybe I don't like it because I'm not super military guy. It didn't. Yes. It didn't feel like. It didn't feel that oversold, actually, to me. Like, well, they they made a point to show how fast and cool jets were and how handsome all the military guys were. That. Okay, well, so think of it this way, because, like, my initial thought with the taking off scenes was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Michael Bay. But then, like, Michael, this is subtle compared to Michael Bay. Yeah, and it was shot pretty well. Like, they definitely did the, the shot composition with... It's, it's always shot in, like, late evening. The sun's always right behind stuff. Like, it's, it's pretty. It's a very competently made movie. I'm not gonna shit on it too much. It's just very empty to me. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not funny when it tries to be funny, which most of the time when it's trying to be funny, it's like him flying by the tower and the guy spilling coffee. Yeah. Or pieces of funny. funny. I'm just like, like, you're dick. Yeah, I, I do like, I do like, Scenes. Or it's like he's trying to be charming and I'm just uncomfortable. Huh. Well, he's just, he's. Or it's like. He's A. 
Iceman's right. He's super dangerous. B, he's very rapey. Uh, and C, it, it's... There seems to be like this specific genre of movie where the main character is kind of an unrepentant asshole, but he's the best at something, so everyone likes him anyway. And TV show, honestly. Well, he wasn't even the best at stuff, so it didn't even work in that narrow framework, which is not a thing I'm usually a fan of anyway, you know? Yeah. And... It's like, it's like, what was that? The, the Star Trek reboot they did years ago, the J.J. Abrams one. Which borrowed a lot from this, I think. Like, like Captain Kirk is that asshole who's like brilliant and stuff, but Chris Pine, I feel like, just is able to carry a little bit more charisma and presence. Which, I mean, if you don't like that character for that, that's totally but also, like, it had the it had the older instructor guy who knew his dad liked his dad because his oh dad yeah, died right. saving all those people, so he has to go to a special captain school that his dad went to and his dad was very good at. And guess what? The name of the aircraft carrier that uh, Goose and Maverick took off from was... Enterprise? It's the Enterprise. It's all connected. Conspiracy. Thank you, JJ. Alright, well that's gonna do it for me. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to Bad Amanities. We'll, we'll do a more fun movie. If you like this movie, don't ask you how you Like, like everything you can. Um, I don't, but I won't judge you for liking it. Please enjoy the things you can. Uh, it's just a very silly movie. Uh, uh, tune in next month for Adam Antis when we'll, I don't know how long to leave that poll up, we might do the Sword and Sorcery one next month, or we might do another more different for one. Um, I don't know how long it'll take to get these things added. Uh, schedule's heating up, but, you know. You know. It's cool. Heating up!
Until next time, I've been Ben. Tommy, what's your name? And I've been Tony. Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matinee manatees. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, the Stitcher app, or on YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and hundreds of others on his website, incompetech.com. Thanks for listening.